0: You're listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon, and I'm super, super excited to welcome back on the program whiskey expert and also gin enthusiast, John Rhodes. John, it's great to speak to you again. How are you doing?
1: Hang on.
0: You've got to take off your face mask.
1: Ah, there. (laughs) I'm I could. Pollute my Sound- own office now. <laughs> yeah, how are you doing?
0: Better. Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, I'm still in the Admiralty studio. So as you can see, um, well... As you can see, I've got the background of Broadcasting House uh, for, for the Zoom uh, listeners. They, they can join us there. Please feel free to join us on uh, Facebook, uh, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3, and you'll be able to see and also hear uh, John there. He's making fun of me because, you know, it's a policy that we still have to wear a face mask while we're broadcasting, um, even though, yes, I'm alone in the room. But still, it's good in case somebody walks past. I'm keeping my germs to myself.
1: Oh, okay. Um fair enough. <laughs> um yeah, I mean it's weird, you know, uh obviously for a change you get to see my office and where I work and how I work, right? We're always in your studio. So here here's a very quick look at what uh sort of like I suppose it's like a meeting room, right? But actually quite often we when we do s- tasting of samples and things like that. So here's here's what we've got. Um so there's a little bit of uh, you know little bit of that, and that's some of our most recent stuff that we are just testing out. You can't TV just United say a little bit of so that. You've got to say
0: more. what it is. Some of our listeners are still on well, the. Well,
1: actually <laughs> We were sampling and tasting some whiskies here, right? Uh, so this is, you know, they're all just uh, sample bottles and, and and stuff like that. um And then we have, of course, we have the you know the stuff in the background and so on. Uh, which which uh, what else were we and we have you know this is one of my favorite things. is this. Ah, oh, that that's nice? a lovely noise. <laughs> um, so what we've got there is, and we're going to tip. I'm going to pull out one of those because there's there's an unusual rum that's inside that little lot, uh, and I'm going to taste it in front of everyone and enjoy it. <laughs> you have a really
0: um, nice office. Yeah. It's full of different well, types of glasses. Yeah,
1: this is the nicest part of it. You know, <laughs> the rest of it is a little bit sort of like, well, just a normal office. You know, <laughs> yeah, but this is this was nice, like that. But yeah. So um we're going to talk rum. about
0: rum today. Um, are you going to start off with a bit of history? Should I just leave you to rum with it? Sure,
1: sure. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Good for it. Actually, I've been looking for an excuse to use the word rum barbers um, for <laughs> ages, uh, and I can't fit that into any kind of punnery at all. Um, rum barbers, it's just a cake with a little bit of you know, cream on it and a little bit of rum, so sort a of dollop on um, rum it's it's one of the most sort of unregulated things it's got a hell of a history um and it's not pleasant uh where it started out from basically uh it's it's very much got uh history in the slave trade
0: yes
1: um and so uh you know this is in the days of it yeah it's associated with pirates on this kind of stuff but primarily in the caribbean um and in the good old days let's say uh, if you can use that word um, when the colonies were expanding and, of course, the U.S., well, what is now USA, in those days it was mostly New England and uh, the eastern part of, of the U.S.A. Uh, so, had yeah, the various colonies with the British, French, uh, and, and so on. Um, but when uh, sugar, I mean, rum, rum basically is just, it's a form of grass, sugar cane uh, sugar is where cane, it's made yeah. from. But basically, it's just grass and water, and that's it, you know, that's that's essentially what it is. Um, But yeah, sugarcane was starting to be made in sort of around about 1400s, 1500s, and it's a very, very labor-intensive crop. Uh, So as a result, um, uh, you ended up with this trade. It became like a, it's called the triangle trade, uh, where you had uh, essentially sugarcane grown and from sugarcane, you produce molasses or sugarcane or sugars right, as well. And molasses is a byproduct of that. Uh, so we'll get to that later. Um, but uh, because it was so labor intensive, you had to take, uh, well, you didn't have to, but you, what they did was they took uh, the molasses and sugars. It went up to New England um, and they made rum from it up there as well as making rum down in the Caribbean. Uh, but the high quality stuff was made up up in New England And from there, that was sent over to Africa in exchange for slaves. The slaves then got transported from there over to the Caribbean to go into the plantations. And that that was that sort of triangular trade. And the reason it was like that is in those days, it was nothing but sail and sailing. Uh, So it was all with the prevailing currents and winds. So when you go around, uh, if anyone out there is a sailor, you know that it's it's easier uh, in, in that you know that's that's the way the prevailing winds were um and also the currents as well so you had the gulf stream that went up you know the side of uh from from the gulf of mexico that goes up the side of the usa basically and then veers over to the right uh so this is this is the the triangle trade this is a very very unpleasant uh beginnings I uh, you could say i suppose um and that's uh that's the origins of of uh Rome. um as for the word Ah, that's unclear. Uh, you, you might hear that it, it was a French word, which R-H-U-M. Actually, that's not true. That's, it's, it was never a French word uh, and, and anything to irritate French, but it's true. Um, Ramballion is a, is a word that came out. Um, and a rumbullion was a uh, uh, type of, um, how do you say, it? It a type of a drinking glass uh, that the, I think was the Dutch used. So it might have come from that, um, but it's really not a very clear origin of the word. Uh, not like whiskey, for example, you know, things like that. So there you go, that's, that's a bit of the origins of it. then um, in terms of how it's made, uh, yes, it's, it's from molasses. Uh, molasses is a byproduct of uh, the, the sugar making process. Um, and you get basically three different qualities of rum. Uh, the really cheap stuff uh, is made from, uh, you know, the molasses is actually d- distilled. Uh, but it's it's fermented first, a bit like whiskey. It's fermented, then it's distilled. Um, so it's and, but the sugar can to
0: make, but it's relatively cheap tremendously, yeah. But it's relatively cheap yeah. to make. Okay. That's
1: very much so. Very much so. Um, uh, I mean, it's, you've got uh, the reason it became so popular, and especially in what was the colonies then, is because it was cheaper than brandy, um, and it tasted quite good. Uh, you know, they got around to making quite nice. I mean, I was associated rum as being very sweet. Um, And, you know, it has that thing. But rum has a, I mean, you know, like the whiskey industry, it has its own royalty in terms of family.
0: And brandy has a certain uh, prestige and and so does um, whiskey in a way. But rum I've always associated with a very sort of Cheaper party drink, yeah. but upon the research, it's, it's actually quite a. I mean, like you said, the histories of it is actually r- rather sad. It's really built on slavery, and if you read up in the history it, of it, it's actually, it's. It very, is. Yeah. It is. It's, it, I mean,
1: it, it's extremely uncomfortable reading. Yeah, uh, I agree. To be honest, uh, um, it, it really is. Um, when you realise just, yeah, when you realise what that slave trade was and and how it was. So it came about. Yes. I um, but I mean, as time moved on, yeah, rum replaced uh, brandies because it was cheaper and it, and because it was a cheaper drink, uh, sailors used it.
0: Yes, sailors. Um, the pirates.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the pirates. Now, here's here's another another one there's of my favourite words.
0: <laughs> there's always that connection of you know, pirates love rum. Where, where did that come from? 100%. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 100%. Well, because in the West Indies, let's say, uh, and all around the Caribbean and so on, there's an awful lot of trade. Um, and there was a lot of competition between the French, the Spanish and the Brits. Um, and so they're always sort of fighting each other and so on. So what one lot would call pirates, uh, the other lot would call uh, buccaneers or privateers. Uh, so you get quite a lot of them, let's say, working for the working for the British.
0: Yes.
1: Um, and and the word buccaneer, by the way, uh, this was, uh, let's say, people who settled on some of the islands there um, Tortuga, uh, which you hear in Pirates of the Caribbean movies, you hear that a lot. Um, they they used to uh, smoke or cook meats on a metal frame, which was called a bucket. Hmm. And these guys eventually went into sort of piracy and for and various it other reasons. Kind of like reasons. a grill um,
0: of some sort.
1: I, I think it's it's sort of a grill, but it was before like grills happened. It was more like you got a frame and then you got wire uh, or let's say metal rods as part of that that frame, oh, and that was used to to barbecue well. We call it barbecue meat. It's cooking meat, right? So essentially, you know, and the word buccaneer came from that saying, which was called a Buchan, uh because these guys were well known for for hanging around um on beaches and whatnot, doing their thing. Um, but uh, the, the the thing with the buccaneers is uh, some. I mean, one of the most famous ones was a guy called Captain Morgan. Now, if you know anything about rum, that's one of like that's a brand. Morgan's rum is one of the most famous. It's a brand. So. They took his name um, for that, and Captain Morgan, you know this famous famous what other people call pirates called buccaneers. he was knighted by the British for his services to the queen <laughs> or the king or the crown whatever um, so he uh, you know so it's, it's, it's all depends on uh, your perspective, shall we say um, so yeah, so that was you know that was uh, uh, you get interesting stuff like that, um, but you know that, the other real sort family of royalties Bacardi uh, and so Bacardi another is another very famous interesting brand
0: hugely
1: yes. famous brand um, well worth looking up the history of that There's, we, we don't really have time to go into it today but they are really the royalty of, of, of rum, uh, and they, they have an interesting history you know, from, uh, from Cuba uh, and, and around the Caribbean I think they're based in Bermuda or something like that nowadays um, or the, the HQ now uh, so it's, it's, it's not the only liquid asset that sits in Bermuda, apparently. Uh, so there you go. That's my that's my pun there. <laughs> so, Um But yeah, it, it was uh, Bacardi have a tremendous history. You know, about 150 plus years old, um, and they are like they're the they're the biggie uh, in the industry. Um, so yes, yeah, well worth reading up about that. Just their own family history alone is is worth uh, worth watching. Uh, yeah. If you, you pick it up on YouTube. And, or read it online, you know, it's, it's quite good. Well worth history.
0: Let's also talk a little bit more about the different types of rum you come across. I mean, we often hear uh, spice rum, dark rum, gold rum, white rum. Um, what do they actually mean?
1: Oh, yeah, there's, a, there's, there's so many sort of categories, but I, mean, sort of, I roughly put them into about three main basic categories. So you've got white rum. White rum is essentially not aged. Um, uh, then you get gold rum, uh, or let's say normal or regular kind of rum. And that one's been uh, matured for maybe sort of in between two to five years. Uh, and then you get the aged rum or I wouldn't call it vintage, but that's that's the one I've got here actually. Um, and it's, you know, this one here is about 14 years and they age them in, again, it's, it's, it's a bit like whiskey. They age them in, in ex-bourbon casks, uh, which they get from the American industry. Uh, But some guys also use the, like, say, virgin wood um, that hasn't had anything aging in it. Uh, So it really depends on the the producer.
0: And does that also Um, affect the taste? For example, if you put it in a sherry cask or if you put it in a, I don't know, in a a bourbon cask, will that affect the taste of the rum eventually?
1: Oh, tremendously. But the thing is, the difference between, let's say, whiskey uh, in places like Scotland, Scotland's cold. Places like the Caribbean, it's hot, hot you know, and quite tropical, hot and yeah. humid. So getting a really aged rum and getting it to mature in a really stable kind of way is actually, I would say, it's more tricky than, than whiskey. Uh, it can get affected by the barrels much more. Uh, so it's, it's real art to, to producing aged, uh, aged rum. The tendency is the older it is, the darker it gets. Um, I'm always very, very skeptical when I see really cheap but really dark rums That's got caramel in it, absolutely, 100%. doesn't mean it tastes bad. Um, But it's just, you know, they they just play with that whole thing of, of, you know, it's made from molasses. Molasses, as you know, it's like a really, really dark dark brown brown, byproduct. It's a little bit bitter. And the reason actually a lot of uh, people started making it was because molasses was a bright product. It was a throwaway product. Um, And then they realized that it had just enough sugar in there to be able to do fermentation with it. And then, of course, distillation, and and then away we go. Uh, So that's kind of the origins of it. But when you use something like sugarcane, the actual juice from the cane, it produces a higher quality because the cane itself has a flavor. Uh, uh, You know, if you you, you chew on a lump of sugarcane or you get from the shops, has a slightly green vegetal flavor, and and it's got a slight color to it. That transfers through during the process of of making it. Uh, So... It's uh, uh, it, it tends to be of a higher quality uh, for stuff that's made from sugar cane rather than just the molasses.
0: Just very quickly, uh, JR, you mentioned just now um, aged uh, rum. That's about fourteen years. That's one you have. What's the oldest? Well,
1: actually, anyone from five years plus is, is considered to be aged.
0: Yeah. Because mm-hmm. with aged whiskey, you can go up to you know forty years or something. What's the oldest? Um, <coughs> what's the oldest rum you've come across?
1: I've only ever seen it. I haven't tasted it, unfortunately. Um, It was 50 years old from the Appleton estate. Um, And I don't know how they managed it. I don't know how it tastes. Um, I'm assuming it tastes quite good. Uh, uh, But I've never, you know, that's the oldest one I've I've heard of. Um, And it's it's quite famous. People know, you know, this 50-year-old thing from Appleton. Um, I don't know how much they actually produced because 50 years in a barrel in that kind of temperature I reckon that they'd be they'd be taking it out with the spoon, a teaspoon, you know, <laughs> scraping the barrel just to scraping put it there. The it's there'd be so little, <laughs> I mean, tiny amounts. So it's a tremendously expensive stuff. Um, well, I mean, the rums I've tasted, it's you know, like, okay, but well, let's let's get into one, shall we? So yeah. here's here's one. This is, right, this this is a this is a fourteen year old, um, and this one is actually from Fiji. Uh, so it's a South Ocean distillery in, in Fiji. Um, it looks a bit orangey.
0: I mean, f- please join us on Facebook yeah, Live. We've gonna, got um, uh, we've got uh, John Rhodes with us this afternoon, um, uh, rum enthusiast. So join us on the Facebook Live. Noreen Meer on RTHK Radio Three, and you're holding up a a, a a rum from Fiji. It's rather orangey brown, almost. It
1: is. It is. It's it's, it's orangey yellow. I think it's partly the the lights here. It's, it's actually tends a little bit towards yellow. I'd you, call that like a fairly light amber colour, right? Um, and it's it's the, um, it's an interesting one because this one is incredibly green and vegetal, and and is quite oily uh, in flavour uh, as well. And oily. it's just a really strange. Yeah. Um, usually, when you talk about flavours and, and and so on, so that, let's say if we're doing a tasting, right? This is one of the things I do is like so you get your shot, uh, stick it. In, in, oh no, oh, well. um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is, well, yes, why not? Um, Yes, yes. It's it's, it's, It's um, Thursday. It's after 12 o'clock. It's after 12 (laughs) o'clock. So, yeah. um, I mean, you know, I don't know if you can really see that, but, you know, there's a line that's that's around the edge of the glass. I've done this with whiskey before in the show, but it's like you get this line. Nice, a
0: personalized glass.
1: Yeah, you can just see the the legs appearing. So it gives you sort of like an idea of the thickness of it. So I usually have always talked about uh, oiliness as a texture. Rather than the flavour, this thing is definitely got vegetal and oiliness to it, and it's it's almost like um, a marine oil. Uh, I, mean, I used to work in fish farms, and, and you have to deal with oil and engines and stuff. And it's it's nice, but it's 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 very particular, let's say. Um, and I, I found this really maybe, quite hard to get into.
0: Maybe that's why sailors like it so much, or people work in the sea, or it's very much associated with that. It's got that familiarity, maybe I don't know.
1: <laughs> it is. But, I mean, the, the the sailors, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, the, the, the Royal Navy, they used to give a, t- a, a, a tot of rum, um, and that was every sailor's right to have this tot of rum. Uh, but right. the size of that tot, yeah, oh, yeah, it was absolutely written into to essentially the contract. They didn't have a very good life. these guys. And sometimes, you know, you're out there on the sails and rigging and so on. It's, it's a tough life. Um, So one of the things that they had as their only perk would be a a tot of rum. Uh, But but half the reason they did that was to actually get them into battle or to actually get them up into the rigging. Um, But it got to a point where they were producing almost, I think it was like a half a pint of rum per man per day or something like that. and it was, uh, you know, that, that was the point where they started noticing sailors starting to fall out the rigging. So they had to go, <laughs> you <yeah, laughs> know, a bit of a wastage there. Uh, so they had to go back from that. Uh, and you have to excuse me once try that.
0: Yes, oh, cheers. And mm. let, us know the, let us know the taste. Hopefully not oily.
1: It is. It's, and it has got that sort of greenness to it. It's, mm-hmm. it's an interesting one
0: can i just um, ask a, 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 a strange question so we often talk about sipping whiskey or s- sipping gin nowadays do people sip mm. do people sip rum or is it i i think i tend to think of rum as being a as a mixer you know you mix it with I, I well, whatever you want to mix it with um i never think of yeah. rum as being a sipping drink is it very common it's
1: it's becoming more common. I mean, I think when the, the whole sort of single cast whiskey and, and all of that sort of stuff and single malt whiskies were, were kicking off, rums also came along with that for a little while. Uh, but the supply of rum, especially single cast rums, and, and that's what this is, by the way. This has comes from a single barrel. Um, and this, this became quite a thing. Uh, consequently, a lot of the, let's say, the independent bottling companies in Scotland and places were buying up rums. Uh, And the market price just went shooting up. Um, uh, So that's become less common. And they have much less, let's say, product available of that kind of nature. Um, Most rums are really just like large volume product. Uh, um, And and that still continues to be a a favorite drink where you just mix it in um, with with various cocktails and things like that. Um, So, yes, very much a mixing drink. But you can get some really nice rums um that are as good as any whiskey and they're as complex and i would say this one is one of them but uh, let's say the oil the mixture of oily and vegetables is, is not for everyone's palate with this one um and i think this one is probably this bottles last me quite a while i'll go to it from time to time because it's really an interesting experience so uh, as you know it's all about flavors and that's oh. I quite like it uh, John, I'm
0: so excited. So please, everybody, join us on Facebook Live. Noreen Meir on RTHK Radio 3. Please forgive me. I'm kind of new to this whole new technology with Admiralty Studio. We have some comments from the Facebook page. Um, David says, hello, everyone from Melbourne. And he says, John, fill it up. And we do have a question from Dan. And he says, "Uh, a question for John, please, regarding a favourite of mine. Is Appleton's 151 available in Hong Kong?
1: I don't know where you get Appleton full stop in Hong Kong. Um, I know that there are people who bring in rum in bits and pieces, but it just doesn't feel like as, um, an established thing like the same way as whiskey. And if you do know who's the Appleton importer, do let me know. Sorry to disappoint you, man. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, I've actually got the rum that we you see here, we got that from our, our whiskey supplier. Um, and we we kind of stopped because it was just getting ridiculously expensive, so we just stopped doing it. So it sounds
0: like um, rum sure. is getting a bit more trendy these days, or picking up, or have, but it's still not as popular as whiskey in Hong Kong. Or what's your assessment of I, of that?
1: I I think it's not as popular because I think less people understand it, um, and it's, it's similar to whiskey. But people do associate it in some ways, like you say, it's just oh, it's rum and coke. Um, I mean, I remember as a kid when I was uh, sort of sneaking a drink in the pub trying to be eighteen, but I was actually sixteen. You Know and he's just like, oh well, I was wanted to impress the barmaid, right? Uh, and so I, I asked for a Cuba Libra, uh, having no idea what it meant. I thought this is a really good thing, and all Sounds it was exotic. was rum and coke. I know it is, but it's just rum and coke. And she's, I, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I thought gonna, she's gonna make some exotic thing, you know. Um, so anyway, uh, and and that failed as a chat outline as well um oh, but, we also yeah. have <laughs> another question
0: uh, john and this is from carlos and he says may i ask uh uh dave uh, may i ask uh, john if he's tried uh old monk from india um and Tandoe from the philippines and what does he think of these brands thanks stay safe
1: oh okay um yeah I, I have to be careful when i'm talking about specific brands Tandoe, i do like it i have to say um it's, 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 a, it's a good one. Philippines produce some really good rums.
0: They do, yes.
1: Yeah, as for the one from India, no. I mean, I, I grew up in India um, and I've tasted some of the stuff there, which is rough. I mean, man, oh, man, you wouldn't clean drain pipes with it, you know, it was that bad. Um, but <laughs> some of the stuff has it's been okay, but I've not had that much experience with, uh, with Indian rums. But it, it should be good. India produces, uh, it's got cheap labor, it's got sugar cane, uh, labor that's not slave, well, technically um and it's uh it's got the right everything you know uh, you, you get great whiskeys from india should be some really good rums from india as well it's got all the, the the climate and everything going for it
0: yeah um and we'll have to revisit uh gin as well because last time you talked about gin and we also learned about your history of growing up in india as well and i think that was your first drink ever
1: <laughs> no so. no actually that, that, it wasn't my first alcoholic drink it was actually my, my uncle made a really good homebrew beer um and, and i spent about 30 and i was about seven years old for that one i still remember the flavor um it's it's, it's 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 a flavor thing right and it always is a childhood memory thing the first time you've tasted something you tend to remember it you go straight back to it and i think i've had one beer in the last 40 plus years um where that reminded me of that flavor and i can't remember what the beer was and it certainly wasn't in hong kong um because i've been trying and trying but in terms of the gin yeah that was my that was my first spirit my great love my first love (laughs) 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 um but yeah um Oh, oh yeah. Here's another I, little I was going to say, we've uh, only got three
0: minutes before the two o'clock news until the end oh, of our segment, so okay, okay,
1: okay. we
0: might not be the able to grog. get through everything today, <laughs> but let's try and... You've heard,
1: of, you've heard of Grog, right? So Grog is actually watered-down rum. Uh, the guy who introduced it was an admiral in, in the, the Royal Navy um, and he used to wear a, a Grogham coat uh, and, and consequently it got the nickname of a Grog. Um, proof you think of alcohol as a percentage uh in a bottle uh but it used to be called alcohol as a proof so you had like 60 80 proof 100 proof 110 proof and proof was a method of testing whether um alcohol had uh enough alcohol, sorry the sailors tested the alcohol to see that they weren't getting ripped off from their top basically um and if it was what they did was they took their their rum ration Um, and they mix it with a little bit of gunpowder and set light to it and if the gunpowder which was wet if it still lit up um, it was considered to have enough alcohol in there and therefore they were happy with it so that was the the let's say that was the baseline and that was like that's anything above that is over you know it's above proof if it's less than that and it didn't light up it was under proof and that was the origins of this old-fashioned way of Working out, uh, or, or or saying how much alcohol was in a bottle of spirits, basically. That's so there, true, there's a little bit of a. Um, whenever
0: back. I go to Australia, I have uh, Bundaberg, and they have something that's. <laughs> I saw that face. It's quite nice. Don't don't knock it. You've you probably had too much of it when you lived there, but that's what the Aussies drink. Um, and I've seen one that was overproof, and I thought I was being brave. I tried it. It's oh, it's strong stuff it's not a- yeah I mean,
1: they've got yellow and orange right they've got yeah. two different caps Um and yeah I'm, I'm very familiar with Bundaberg. Uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's the yeah, i mean it, again australia makes it and it's it's a very that one's like a very let's say it's like the burnt flavor you know the, it's a really strong flavor that one um but I, I actually like the cheaper version of which was the yellow one the yeah, orange one i found it was just a bit the... overwhelming yeah, yeah so I, I quite like that yeah um so yeah, uh, I, I, we I think have,
0: a time on. well, yeah, it's about time. But we still have a lot to discuss. I hope we can um, st- uh, revisit this topic in another time. Definitely, it's very interesting. Um, David says, "John, thank you. Uh, we're off to get Bundaberg banana and toffee, <laughs> royal uh, liqueur." Oh, that sounds really tasty. Um, I,
1: actually, that's, that's from David. That I think really David good. is
0: based in Australia.
1: Are you David? Oh yeah. Um that sounds great. That needs to go mix that in with a bit of cream and stick that on some ice cream. Um and if you have a little bit of mint and vanilla, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a nice one. I I quite like that idea um yeah anyway so yeah, it's all about
0: flavors <laughs> exactly and i upon doing the research i realized it's national rum day coming up on sunday the 16th of august so for some of our listeners you finding an excuse you don't need an excuse you can celebrate uh, this sunday with, with, a, with a shot of rum it's trendy these days um john remind our listeners once again how we can find out more about you and your work have you got a website we can uh, visit you on
1: uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's the shop website, isn't it? It says caskals.com. Um, you know, uh, but I, I actually don't work there very often. I'm not allowed to, uh, for obvious reasons, uh, <laughs> unless I'm doing a tasting event. <laughs> right. I, I tend to work here. I, I like this place. <laughs> this is my little sort of man cave that I can work in. Um, and I've got all this, well, all these samples we've got to play around with.
0: Beautiful, and I look forward to chatting with you again next time. And that's John Rhodes, a uh, whiskey expert and also rum enthusiast, joining us. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers.